0: You can't lead if you're not staying out in front, and you're not going to stay out in front if you're caught up in what Dr. Stephen Covey used to call the thick of thin things. This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth, exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host.
1: As senior leaders, there is an immensity, an immense amount of pressure that comes to us. I, I've worked uh, with and and in some really large uh, publicly held companies, and I remember sitting in those boardrooms every quarter, and it was you lived and breathed by what those reports were saying and how that was going to affect things. Um, and so there's that immense pressure. You you talk about that in the book, but you also talk about the fact that as leaders, the hardest thing that we do in leadership is manage ourselves and others so there you're again you're dealing with human beings every day and we bring our full self to work no matter what we try to do. Everybody that thinks they can leave that the, their personal junk behind and walk in the door and everything is good. Some people are good at compartmentalizing, but it never, ever completely goes away. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective on understanding ourselves, then how we translate that into leading others with that same ability for them to help them see for themselves, again, those strengths that can be overused or the things that they always use it as, a, as an excuse for the bad behavior. You know, it's always like, well, that's just who I am. I, I walk into rooms in our, in our meetings now. And if somebody says to me, oh, that's just the way he is. I always look and go, um, okay. Are we just making an excuse for why this is tolerated as leaders? Are we tolerating it? Are we not addressing it? So I'm curious from your perspective, how you balance that ability to say, I want to lead by example, but part of my example sometimes is that I suck. (laughs) <laughs> and, and how you're able to help people recognize that as well on their own.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, there's a good book by Jim Cousins and Barry Posner called Learning Leadership. And they're, they're great leadership researchers. Uh, they wrote the, the uh, Leadership Challenge. It sold over 8 million copies. They, they say that good leaders need to constantly be asking the question, what's better? A two-word question, right? Like, okay, we just knocked it out with this project, client's happy, I'm, I'm really excited, wonder if we could do better next time, right? But we have to apply that question to ourselves, too. We, we have to, I don't care who the leader is, I don't care how successful the growth has been for their company. If that leader isn't self-evaluative and saying, how can I do better tomorrow, then that's a problem. And so, I, I think that it's, a, you know, a lot of leaders, maybe not a lot, but uh, too many are, are oblivious to themselves. They're, they do lack that self-awareness. So you've got to be, you want self-awareness because you want to know what can I work on next for me so that I can help do better for them. And then you want to uh, create that in the people that you lead as well. And part of it is, I remember seeing a video one time. Uh, from the London School of Business with Ken Blanchard talking to an audience and, and he was saying, and he's rightly so, and, and you know, in the new book, I introduced this concept of redlining. A lot of us are redlining. A lot of us are in the far RPMs and they're going to blow the engine, but it feels fun. It feels exciting. It feels intense until it isn't. And uh, this redlining thing. So what he's talking about into the London School of Business, he says, how do you start your day? You know, most people, they start off with the alarm clock. The alarm goes off. You know, he says, why don't we call it the opportunity clock? Why do we call it alarm? Like everything is alarming. So you have control over how you start the first five or ten minutes of your day. Why not ease into that instead of, you know, eating a a burrito sandwich on your way to work and uh, yelling at your kids? Why not take five minutes of contemplation, five minutes of thinking, How, what good do I want to do in the world today? Five minutes of quiet. I start my day, I've got an out office here, John. My wife built it for me right before COVID with her father. She, I guess she, was, she said I was too loud in the house, so I got my out <laughs> office here. It's kind of cool. It's got, you know, it's got a... Uh, I've got a loft up there and everything. It's a, a, a cool place, but it's my place. And in the morning, I come here and I read, you can see them there. I've got some books on my uh, credenza there. And and that the first thing I do is I don't even hit a book. I just listen. I listen to the birds. I can hear a dog in the distance. There's a couple of twins who always say goodbye to their father. I hear them saying, bye, daddy. Bye. And I, I listen first because it it creates sensory awareness about uh about i'm waking up to the world the world itself is waking up and now i'll read some for me that grounds me to read something spiritual literature right now i'm into some stoic reading and uh and it so that i'm not starting my day you know with anxiousness i got i got to do i got the meeting i gotta get off to and Uh, and I do my best to do that. I'm not hundred percent, but I, but I do it very often so that I get this centering moment before I go into a world that wants to push me off center as soon as I move into it. So I'm not sure that that helps, but if you're a leader, it's to be, that is, I, I love when I see this with a leader, when somebody on their team is like getting ready to, um, take a vacation or somebody on their team says, my, my kid's sick from work. And then that leader's like, dude. Do not call the office like it's very important for the leader to set that tone and say, hey, you're on vacation. I I, I better not see an email from you. Right. Like or hey, your wife's sick. Do not. What are you doing here? Go home. Right. Like that kind of leader as opposed to the one. "Well, I know you got to go on vacation, but can you just call into that meeting on Wednesday? It's really important. It won't be long. Right. And we get a lot of that. So.
1: <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd be curious that it's really really good insight because i do think it's important you know one of the things we live in uh i live in minnesota at least part of the year and then um our, our our office is here and so for six months of the year it's bitterly cold and most people who live here tolerate it they don't necessarily like it uh it is what it is for for many of us but one of the things we do because we have such a great time in the fall spring and summer when those months even though they're short are beautiful one of the things we did in our office this year is we we put an out, out area in our back of our, of our shop that's outside. So we've got nice lawn furniture. We've got a nice uh, canopy and we're seeing more and more people gravitate to meetings out there. So we're not on, cause, and I think part of our reaction to it was we were on zoom for two years. Like nobody was in right. the office and it was like, wow, if I have to do another zoom call, I'm going to lose it. Right. I mean, it's one of those types of things and it's great. It it allowed us to keep working. It allowed so many wonderful things to happen, but we recognized that there's a connectedness that we missed. And so we created this space and it was. And so now people are having their one-on-one meetings out there. It, it doesn't have great bandwidth on the internet. So you don't have your laptop with you. You actually have time to engage with conversation. And yeah. and we found this to be no, just, just so interesting.
0: You, you've just given me another story for one of my future books. I mean, that's great. I dig that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and for the very reasons that you just mentioned, especially in this, you know, world where we are working a lot more re- remotely, you lose the connection, right? You just need... Places to be able to connect and have the informality and that, that you miss when you're trying to do it remote.
1: Yeah, one of the things you you talk about and lead with in the in your new book is this idea that leadership development has been around for a long time. And every organization says they want to do it. And a very small percent, I think he even said 5%, uh, are actually doing something with it. Tangible, um, intentional, all those types of things. And I've certainly experienced that. Uh, both as a young professional and and one of the reasons we do this podcast. But we also spend an enormous amount of money in our organization on developing people and developing leaders, because we know that that's going to set, set us up for the future. Uh, so our owners and and us as senior leaders are willing to spend the money, time and commitment. But the one thing I always tell people is if you're going to do it, you it's not about the program it's about the intentionality of building the relationship and coaching people and being with them along the journey because it's not a destination of somehow you get this title and now you're a leader and everybody goes away and i think some i think that's at the root for me of what i've recognized that's when leadership development stops is when organizations say we've got our structure we got we gotta promote or hire 10 new leaders this year or 100 new leaders or whatever that is and they promote somebody into leadership and then they go off you go. And and that's it. The development stops. So I'm curious from your perspective, knowing what you do and what you've, you've put your passion into your, for your life, how can organizations coming out of COVID, knowing what we have right now, especially with people who are mass resigning from organizations still – and they're disappearing from the workplace. Like that's part of the reason we don't have, we, we don't have enough people to fill op- all these openings. They've just simply disappeared. They've gone to do their own thing. Something in life triggered it, right? Obviously with COVID, but how are organizations now trying to respond to this and get caught, probably get for the first time, catch the wave of, hey, we got to actually spend the money and time and resources in developing our people.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. And it is the struggle of our time this uh this you know i think what happened john and i speak for myself a little bit that uh you know 2019 right we're, we're chugging along and here comes march of 2020 and we're like uh we we need you to go inside for it's just it's just for two weeks and we're like oh pandemic what is what's that we okay and uh, two weeks all right two weeks and then two weeks happens we're like you mean we can't come out yet and we're going to have to wear masks. We're going to in public and and I can walk my dog. Right. And and then then it turns into a year. Right. And then and I think that but I think what happened was for me in 2019, I'm chugging along. I'm on an airplane. I'm going here. I'm like eating a sandwich. I say goodbye to my wife and back on a plane and stuff. And I hadn't realized and I think a lot of people in early COVID realized that, wow, that was quite a crazy train that I was on. And I kind of like being home with my kids. I get to sleep in my own bed. I'm having dinner with these people again that I had forgotten about. And uh, and some of us saw that that, I, that that was actually a crazy train that I was on in 2019. Well, now we're going back into the workplace. And I think some people are like, okay, I don't want to go back to 2019. I do not want to go back to 2020. So w- what is the calibration? How do we get this right? Am I going to work a day from home and not in the office or is it going to be the opposite? I'm going to work four days, you know, in the office and, or, or uh, four days at home and one day in the office, like, are going to ease into it? So companies are really trying to figure this out. And you're right. Some people have made the, the decision in the great resignation to drop out and we don't, you know, do their own thing. Or some have even retired early. Um, it's, it's kind of a weird place to figure it out. I, I will say that, the emphasis on leadership development is definitely part of the equation for retention. I've, had, I've got a client who just launched the third iteration of a leadership program that they have suspended during COVID for the retention reason. In fact, we created it as a longer program because we know while the program's in place, it can create stickiness. A person's not likely to resign while they're in the program. They, after the program ends, it is possible that they leave at that point. So we, we turned it into a two-year program. Every other month, we meet for a leadership summit. Another company that I work with uh, just last week, they changed the name of this senior executive meeting that they had on a quarterly basis to the leadership development meeting. It's for senior executives, VPs and above, because they wanted the focus to be, yes, I know we, we tend to get into operational stuff and problem solving with this team of about 30 people, but we really need to be focusing on the future. We need to be talking about leadership development. Because if we're not doing with these people, they're not doing it with their people. So the whole shift turned into an emphasis on leadership development. And in fact, the first agenda was about we need to talk about retention. And what are the conversations you're having at the individual level with your own people? Because a few of those VPs in the last year had gotten shocked when a good person on their team, who they relied on, but started to maybe take advantage. Because I don't have to worry about that person because I know they're in the camp. That person left the camp. And there, and there it startled them. So we had real conversations about what kind of one on ones are you having with your own people to check in with them, make sure that they don't feel out on an island, make sure they're not suffering in silence, and this sort of thing.
1: That's so it's so interesting. I am actually really encouraged to hear other companies doing something like this. We've always had the cadence of weekly team meetings, one on ones with every direct report. That's just part of who we've tried to develop our organization to be. But what I noticed as I started to so I. And as a senior leader, what I've always tried to do and I didn't do this well early in my career, but I've been more intentional now is instead of die bombing in and, and and being the center of a meeting because you walk in the room and everybody thinks, oh, well, that guy, you know, we got to I, I instead I ease my way into those types of things and just listen. I'm not there to do anything other than listen to keep a pulse on things, to understand it, but not micromanage or not feel like, Hey, if he opens his mouth, that means we got to do it. It's because oftentimes with me, it's a stream of consciousness. I don't actually mean anything by it. I'm just actually thinking out loud. But what I found was we were always talking about that operational piece. It became the, this, Hey, this is our agenda. And all of a sudden we're just ripping through the agenda and nobody was actually interacting with each other in a way that says, how can I help you get better? How can I? And the one on ones were the same thing. And I'm like, whoa, we've missed the boat on this. And so we went back this year and said, this is how we want this to go. Look at your agenda and throw it away. I don't even want to see an agenda for a meeting anymore. We're going to get through if you're doing the work in the one on ones, if you're doing the work on a daily check in with your team, those meetings we can go for an hour and at least 30 minutes of it is about development. It's about actually developing. And so what we also heard from our people was we don't want another meeting. And so I went, okay, well, we're not going to create these leadership development programs. And, oh, you got another meeting to put on your calendar. We integrated into the meetings that are already there. And we found for our organization that, that was it's been really powerful that way. Um, and, and it, and it also then saves everybody from going, look at my calendar. Now I got this other meeting or whatever. We still have some of those with development that are intentional, the programs of, of our emerging leaders and other things. But that was something that was eye opening for us. And we heard that coming out of COVID, uh, is that there was that lack of connectedness, but then it became all about, well, let's just get the work done. It was interesting when you brought up your hurriedness. One of the things I was taught early on in my career is to take one day a month and have it as a focus day where I just shut everything else down and I just go somewhere and I spend the day thinking through what is most important personally, professionally, and otherwise. And I, and, and I realized going, coming before COVID that I was in that same rat race on a plane all the time, getting from meeting to meeting, growing the business, all of these things and all good things, by the way, but they were things that were harried and busy. And I went, Whoa. Where did that day go? And then I looked at my calendar and I went, well, first of all, I had it on there and then I'd cancel it because I had other meetings. I got it. That, that's a day I can fill. And then I just and then it just went away completely. And so I reinstituted that for myself. And I'm asking all of my senior leaders to do the same thing so that once a month you don't have this harriedness of your day. You need that time to pause. I would actually encourage people, whether they're leaders or not, to do that. I think that would be a remedy in, in, in a small part for that uneasiness that people feel like what's happening in our world, but also this demand to get things done. We're doing more with less. That was always a big thing with lean six segment, all those programs that are great. It was always about, well, we got to do more or less. That's our ba- way of making more money, those types of things. So I'm curious to see or hear what other things your clients are doing coming out of COVID to help re-engage and really focus on developing their people.
0: Yeah. Uh, th- you know, I, I, dig everything you just shared about and to, and I want to reinforce the point you made um, I think, you know, this idea of leadership, it, you, you can't lead if you're not staying out in front and you're not going to stay out in front. If you're caught up in what Dr. Stephen Covey used to call the thick of thin things, you are just, you know, doing these granular things all the time. And the fact that you take a day a month to think forward, right? The way I put it is that, you know, once a month, one of the most productive things you can do for your leadership, and, and it's a responsibility, I think, is to get out away from the job site and and go maybe to a coffee house with a yellow pad and a pen and just think forward. Think where do we need to be six, 12, 18 months from now. And a lot of people don't do that because it doesn't have the urgency of the other stuff we've got. It's important, but not urgent. So too many people neglect it. So I think that idea is, you know, super important. Um, other things that companies are doing right now, I think they're figuring it out. I know one thing that I'm doing, getting ready to do next week is a demo with a group to do virtual reality with headsets. And we're going to do a team building experience in virtual reality for a finance group. And so we're introducing them to a new way of doing training. Um, Then after that, I'm doing a smaller demo with their talent development team to show them how this VR can be used in meetings, how you can actually go into a large room in virtual reality, break people into breakout groups. Each breakout team has a whiteboard. You can write on the whiteboard with your VR hands. It's being facilitated by a guy who's gonna be in Germany. And uh, this is happening after the VR demo with the larger finance team. We got the smaller team with a different platform. And they know that it's a high risk, right? It might be, uh, could be that one of their headsets doesn't work and that kind of thing, but introducing them to new ways of reaching their people, because for one, many people are patching in remotely now, and we are over on Zoom, um, and these VR platforms are quite amazing to give you an immersive experience. It seems an awful like, like real, and I also think that's where training and development is going to be going. I, there's no substitute for in-person. We, we talked about that and the, the like patio thing that you created in your own environment this thing's awesome. Um, that said, I also think that we need to be exploring new ways of reaching people that are contemporary because we also have younger people coming in. I mean, my kids are growing up on TikTok. I've never been on TikTok. I don't even
1: know what it is. You're t- I agree with you there.
0: <laughs> you know, but we've got to have contemporary ways of reaching people and we've got to be We've got to be experimenting and playing and putting people into those immersive environments now, because soon that's going to be what the what the world is. So I think that, you know, that's one thing that people are doing. Instituting the ones one on ones are great. And, and let's remember the part of the reason we do leadership development is it's an insurance policy for your company it create your baton passing from the current generation to the next generation who have to be stewards of the business in the same way that you all were and if you don't do leadership development and you have no preparation for this next baton passing it's it can do serious harm to your business so the, you know i'm not sure that I, I have a good answer for many new different things that people are doing to reach their people right now but i do know it's been become magnified in importance thanks for listening To learn more, visit FCPServices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.